0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I'm here with my co-host, friend, and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you?
1: Great, Wendy. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> There's a small pause there. But no, I'm fantastic. You know, beautiful day in Atlanta.
1: <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take I'll
0: it. We'll take it. <laughs> well, in today's episode, we're talking about rotational sports. And, you know, just for fun, we said we were going to call it the uh, burn for the turn, which, you know, there are a lot of muscles that have to be incorporated when you start adding transitional movements, which are basically rotational type movements, Um, not only in life, but also in sport. So we're going to talk a little bit about the muscles that we're working, some exercises that we do, ways to prep for it. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun, fun time, I think.
1: Yeah. and, And I know we have on here as a title, you know, rotational sports, but, you know, when we think about life and moving around, like I've got my, my eight and my my 10 year old and you know, they're, they're playing different, you know, they're, they're playing baseball, they're playing basketball. And that requires a lot of turning. And I'm not just talking about them playing their sport. Um, it's, it's about me having to play with them. So as, as <laughs> it's, it's, cause they're moving around. Right. And that, you know, if you've got a toddler, I mean, you definitely know what that's like. You know, it's, these kids just don't go in one direction. They're turning, they're zipping around. So, you know, well, looking at rotational sports is one way there is a practical application you know it's just for fun recreating and all that good stuff but life happens 360 degrees and one of the biggest disservices that we do for ourselves or we can do for ourselves especially if you're an exerciser is to not train in those 360 degrees so I'm actually very very interested in some of the things that you do Wendy as we as we go through this podcast of so, of how you go about working with clients that have these goals. But if, if after your, you know, your initial interview, you realize hey this person does a little bit more rotating than just sitting at a desk, you know, how do we approach that as far as helping people enhance their workout program?
0: Well, I think, you know, one, one strong and important thing that you just said was we move in three different planes of motion. Unfortunately, when people go to the gym or unfortunately, when you know people are starting out and they're fitness enthusiasts that are just kind of learning different exercises and approaches to exercises, we do everything moving forward and back. So we lunge forward and back. We do biceps you know, that, that move your elbow forward and back or your hand forward and back. We do things literally in what we call the sagittal plane. And so unfortunately they, we do, we move side to side in life. We rotate, like you said in life. And so I think it's important to think when you're actually building your own workouts and no matter if you have a trainer or not, you want to think about, well, this is how I move. This is the stuff that I want to do and incorporate those movements. Because if you look at research, most injuries occur. In the transverse plane, which is the rotational movements, more people get injured, whether it's ACLs, they end up throwing out their back. There's just a lot of bad things that can happen if you don't train for it, which Mm -hmm. I've said in multiple episodes, you get what you train for. So we want to make sure that you're adding those rotational things in, but realizing too that it's very progressive. And so start in that forward and back, then add the side to side, and then start adding some of the rotational movements. Don't just try to do it all at once, especially when you're struggling, getting really good form in some of the basic movements that you need to master first.
1: Right. And even as fitness professionals, I mean, if you're, if you work out at a gym or a health club, you tend to fashion your workout plan based on the equipment that's available to you. And, you know, all those things that you talk about, Wendy, with, with us being dominant in our forward and backward movements, well, a lot of it's not just the fact that that's what we're comfortable with. But if you're ever on a machine or a cable machine, a lot of the things that we're programmed to do, if you're gonna follow the directions of the machine is to just move forward and backward. So if you're doing a uh, a leg press, that's all your knee and your hips are only gonna go in one direction. So a lot of it is based on, okay, what equipment do I have available to me? And what does this equipment challenge me to do? And it's going to challenge you more or less to go forward and backward. So one of the things I tell exercise enthusiasts is, to, you know, evaluate your workspace. You know, what do you have available to you? And how is that shaping your work and not shaping you, but shaping your workout plan? Because your body is going to follow, you know, the, the the function that you teach it. So, you know, evaluate what you have available to you. And then if you notice that, yeah, you know what? You're right. You you know, Ken, Wendy, you're absolutely 100% right, as always on all your podcasts. There's no, <laughs> no lies here. So... <laughs> You know, look at what look at what you're doing a lot of, because that means that there's something that you're almost doing nothing of, which is, like you said, when we're not moving side to side as much as as we should and we're not turning as much as we should, which means the muscles that are responsible for controlling us moving side to side, they're going to be weak or or they're going to be naive is what I call it, because even if they have strength, you may not have good access you may not be able to access those muscles moving right to left or even turning so from a nervous system standpoint we we don't have access to these muscles that you've trained to be you know big and strong and beautiful right but it's you're only you're only as good as your ability to use that motion so first thing i like to tell people is okay let's take some inventory what are you doing a lot of now because that means that there's a there's something that you're not doing anything of And then try and add those side to side movements, those rotational movements. But before, but once you figured out what you're not doing, like which is turning and moving laterally, is then to first evaluate what is my body capable of doing. And this is where the assessment process comes into play. So before we load your body, before we load your spine, we have to know what you can control. Um, And this does a couple things. One, it gives us a starting point, but for two, it gives us a way of of, um, figuring out, okay, well, what's the safest, most effective place for us to start? So once we know what we can do, then we have a better idea of where we can start with our programming. And that's what assessments are about. And because we're looking at a specific motion of turning, well, we have to have some idea of how well can not just your whole body move in a rotational or turning motion, but the individual joints as well.
0: Yes. And those of you guys that are just joining us, Mm -hmm. I'm Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. We're talking about burn for the turn. So really just talking about rotational exercises um, in sports that obviously require those rotational movements. And to your point, Ken, I think it's important when we talk about like repetitive movements and repetitive patterns you know we when we have overload that's what leads to injuries long term it's repetitive use and therefore there's going to be things that are going to break down there's going to be weaknesses that happen on the other side of that actual movement and so you know when when we do the assessments to your point a lot of times i'll ask my clients like you know when, when we start talking about some of this rotational movement Guys, it's everything from getting in and out of a car. It's reaching back in your back seat to grab something and mm-hmm. bringing it forward. It is things like, you know, you know, if you've got to, oh, I'm walking out the door and I forgot something and you have to turn back around and, and go to get something. You know, we, we've discussed this on previous podcasts about getting what you train for. So it is important for daily life to incorporate those movements. However, it's very important during the assessment process, or if you are a fitness enthusiast and don't have a trainer to understand that if you're doing a rotational sport, you don't want to go into the gym and mimic that same you know, swing if you're doing golf or tennis, if, you know, or same tennis mm. uh, uh, stroke if that's what you're playing tennis. Because again, think about what you're doing on the court or on the course over and over and over again. You actually want to do the opposite of what you're doing to make you stronger when you get into whatever activity you're doing. And that's one of the keys that soon as we start like letting people understand, it totally makes sense because we're rebalancing your body to incorporate more power. And then if we get the hips, remember the hips don't lie. So if we get those things moving and and activating the way they're supposed to, your power is also going to increase even more even though you don't think they have anything to do with it. They always play a role. It's
1: all right. about the gluten. Yeah, it's all, it's all- <laughs> Well, you're pulling you're pulling a lot of these nuggets from wow. Uh, harvesting har- yeah, Shakira, Shakira. All right, so it's it's funny you mentioned that whole reaching in the back seat. I have a client, and i'll I'll call him Ryan. Um, he hurt himself actually reaching from the the driver's seat to the back seat because I guess his 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 kids were doing some sh- shenanigans in the back seat and it's funny cuz i saw him our session i'm like what's going on with your shoulder he goes you you're going to laugh but what i did was i reached back you know i had to go get something or whatever uh, from the back seat because his kids were, were doing something and he strained his shoulder turning around right and then the same the same guy actually was playing a pickup a softball game you know any he, any he, swung the bat hit the ball and he's and he had a reposition align himself with first base and with that first step again he's he just swung the bat dropped the bat turned his hips and he pulled his hamstring and the the hamstring turned nice pretty blue and purple colors I was was fortunate enough to actually see it within a couple days of of that injury because it, it just turned all sorts of colors so here we have a right hamstring strain, a left shoulder issue. So complementing parts or opposing parts shoulder to opposite hip were showing some dysfunction to where he he put a lot of demand, I mean, those are two extremes, right? One he was just reaching. The other one he was trying to explode towards first and he got he got hurt doing two different things, one with the upper body, one with the lower body, but he you know, it it can happen to anyone anywhere. But if the point being, if you're not prepared for it, and you put that demand on your body, how, how mundane, how easy it might be, you know, we can get and unfortunately, if those overuse patterns that you're talking about, Wendy, are to where your muscles are that tight, right, or that restricted, or that immobile, anything can happen from any position. So, Again, instead of turning your world upside down with your workouts and saying, hey, I live to golf. I need to rotate, rotate, rotate. Well, let's first see what your body can handle first. And then it's about loading it appropriately
0: so true and so many different injuries about that behind reaching in the seat oh and man so, luckily my kid's actually pretty good in his car seat so i haven't had to give it the kind of you know my mom my mom 100 greek when she would get irritated she'd have a, a ring on her finger and she would just oh, like no. do this in the vaccine. she got me every time i'm like man that woman's like she was money and dialed wherever i would try to hide she was right there and so um but you know i think it's important too when you think about it and and, and it's it's starting with our youth, starting with our kids, because, you know, we need Mm -hmm. some mobility in our thoracic spine, which is our upper back. That's the only place in your spine where you really need to be mobile. And, you know, unfortunately with kids gaming, you know, on phones or on tablets or even sitting down, you know, on their computers doing homework, whatever it is, you know, the rounded shoulders, the forward head, that, that, those types of injuries and not injuries, but those compensations are very, very common now, unfortunately, at a younger age, and so by the time like, you know, they start to become active if they don't start working on mobility there, but they're in a, a movement where they need to rotate, but they're limited in rotation of the spine where it should be mobile, then we start to see more and more issues in the neck and the lower back. And like you said, it's not activating and working the gl- the glutes like they're supposed to be really, um, you know, activated. I mean, do they still work? Yes. Are they working to the full potential? No. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have so many different ways that we can help help help. Um, tried to get better alignment throughout the entire body. And to your point, if someone's restricted at a left ankle, they can blow out their right shoulder. I mean, everything really is truly interconnected. And so once you start to incorporate, you know, different types of sports, um, we move in opposite, you know, we move contralaterally, right. You walk opposite arm, opposite leg, you want to start training that way. But, you know, even with our baseball pitchers, it was so hard for them to understand, I am not going to mimic anything that they do in their, their throws. I'm going to do everything opposite of that. And so when they got back on the mound and they increased their miles, their, you know, their fastball by, even if it's just, you know, one mile an hour, that's, that's significant, especially in pro ball. And so, and we didn't do anything other than stability work and work the opposing muscles because it just realigned the joint. And so I think that's one of the things that I, you know, I, when we talk about working out and exercising, That I really hit home with my clients. I hope we've hit home in the podcast because it's super, super important.
1: Yeah. And I think that, and that's a big education piece for a lot of athletes, right? Because if they think I have to throw, I'm a right handed thrower or I'm a, or I I bat right handed, they think they have to do more right to left rotation because that's where they need to be strong. That's where they need to be powerful. If anything, yeah, those muscles are doing way too much already, especially if, you like to hit the batting cages or you like to or you like to uh <clears throat> you know get some practice throws with with your buddy. So that's a pattern. That's definitely a pattern overload. But um, you know, one of the bigger educational pieces is saying, hey, you're doing this a lot already. We need to get you stronger the other way. Not not throwing not now, hey, if you're a righty, throw lefty. It's just the other way. So all the muscles opposite, just because again, the body loves parity. If there's if there's a sense of stress on one side, it's going to try to put more stress and, and strength and, and balance to the to the opposite side of that. So, you know, and that's where, again, that's where the body starts zigging and zagging. So from that p- point, Wendy, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You, you, we have to do the things that are complementary towards what you're already doing so that we don't encourage more of that, that, that pull or that pressure or that motion in that one direction?
0: Yes, sir. Indeed. So we don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to keep on, keep on, keeping on doing keep on, thing. keeping on. So that is definitely a, a no bueno moment. Um, but I think, you know, too, there are so many things that we can do on a self-care side of it. If, you know, I have started playing tennis for fun. So I play with um, my little neighborhood. We, we are on a it's more of a social league than we are competitors right now. So it's super fun. It's very casual, but you know, we're supposed to practice twice a week and we're supposed to play on the weekends. And so I usually miss a lot of the practices because of work. However, I'll go out there and try to absolutely murder the ball because I don't like to lose. I'm super, super competitive. And so because of that, sometimes you've got to think, You know, do I work out at the gym? Yes. Do I do certain things at home? Yes. But it's very important before you play too to think about ways that you can get yourself ready for whatever game it is you're going to do. And 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 people often think, okay, when you're going to go like, for example, I know you said you started playing golf. It's important that you do things to get yourself ready before you just wake up and go grab your clubs and play. If you prepare yourself correctly, you're going to have a better game. Your score is going to be better, but you're also going to feel so much better long term. And I think that's one thing that unfortunately took me a few different times playing to realize, like, man, I really need to do my rolling, my stretching, a couple activation Mm -hmm. things because I hit it so much better. And yeah, Yeah. I I didn't feel like crap the next day. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I I think that the best case scenario for those things that you just talked about, when you're just talking about movement prep, right? You're doing your warm up to get you get your machine humming the way it should be, um, you know, before you hit the court um best case scenario is that you've you've had a chance as a as a uh, fitness professional if you have a clients that that do rotational sport you know look at you know some simple things can they rotate the arm down can they rotate the arm up can they can they you know if they put their hands on their shoulders and get their elbows up can they rotate just as much to the right and just as much to the left and i mean there's a there's a there's a series of things that look at all those joints that are meant to have all these degrees of freedom. So first thing is, you know, do a little self inventory, you know, can you rotate right? Can you rotate left? If you put your elbow out to the side, can you rotate the shoulder down and can you rotate the shoulder up and then look at, okay, well, where do you feel tighter? So once you've done, you know, once you've taken inventory, then we can look at, okay, well, what feels a little restricted and and it's those areas that we want to improve motion. So you mentioned foam rolling, Wendy. So if you were to take your Hypervolt or your or your, uh, or your your foam roller and use it on those areas that feel restricted, you know, liberate movement there first. And then you can do your, your core work. You can do your rotator cuff work, uh, your hip cuff, um, just to activate those muscles that are responsible for controlling and stabilizing those joints that are meant to rotate. So if you're taking your, you know, before you start, You know, doing your warm up. What do you call it? The volley. When you know when you're warming up and hitting back and forth. Oh yeah. Before you do that, you know, make yeah, make sure your shoulders are are good to go, and make sure your hips are good to go as far as your ability to rotate in and rotate out. Because it's kind of like you remember that 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 one dance move, the Tootsie roll. Wendy, you're ever, you ever- I,
0: I, I don't. Can you show it to me? <laughs> I, I, let me see you titsy roll.
1: I, and that's that's uh, you know that'll only work on the, the 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 80s or or 80s generation where you know you're doing the tits That's where you just have the the knee kind of turn in, and then you have your well your hips turn in, so your knee is kind of pointing in towards the center, and then you have your hips rotate out, and then it gets man. Uh, I just
0: need a demo. I don't I'm, know go, I'm going. I'm
1: going way back. So you do a little Tootsie Roll, right? It gets a little giggle and you kind of get a look for how the hip rotates inward and how the hip rotates outward. You do that little dance move, you know what? You get you get a glimpse of how your hips are moving rotationally. So <laughs> and you play that music, you play that song. Tootsie roll. Tootsie roll. Right. Great. There you go. There you I've, go. Se- I've
0: seen it. And those of you guys that ever get to meet Ken in person, you <laughs> need to have him demo this because I'm sure at one one given moment and one activity um, that we've all been around that we've seen him tootsie roll a time or two. But um, those of you guys that are just joining us for talking about burn for the turn and training for rotational sports and just basically training for life, um, as I say all the time, because that's super, super important. And you know we've made some some strong some strong reasons of why we need to incorporate rotational mm-hmm. movements into our programming, but Ken, if you had to name probably your top three, because I know that there's Ooh. a ton of different exercises. So what are your top three that you go to for anyone that is doing, let's say, golf, tennis, kayaking, or yeah. tennis? Well, did I say tennis? Tennis. So yeah. let's do let's do golf, golf tennis, tennis, kayaking, or t- tennis. Let's do hockey. And so if you had to do, <laughs> I know right to this on my brain. So what would be your top three
1: and why? Okay. The first one is what we call an upper spinal twist, right? Um, to where you're laying on your side, right? And, you're, and your, your hips are at 90 degrees and your knees are at 90 degrees. And you're just going to, you're laying on the ground and you're just going to rotate your trunk, right? To where your chest is going to face the ceiling. And then you can rotate the hands back. So that's just a big old thoracic opener, right? And I love that because one, you're opening up the chest and you're working on that upper spinal rotation. Again, you mentioned, Wendy, between, you know, technology, you're on your phone, you're on your tablet, you're on your computer, everything's in front of you. We don't have a chance to do the opposite in opening up our chest. So that's one that I really love because it can be done as a static where you just hold it for 30 to 60 seconds, or you can make it more of an active motion. But either way, you're you're, you're moving through that Rotation through this through the spine. The next thing I would do is actually a turn lunge, right? Pivoting the hips, getting the hips to turn and step open. Because for a sport like yours, Wendy, when you're playing tennis, you are definitely doing a lot of turn lunging, a little open step, and just kind of step back a little bit. The one thing, oops. Uh, the one thing I would do is a little little balance and uh, with a turn reach. So if I'm standing on my right leg. I'm having my left leg open up and turn towards the left, right? So I get something on the ground, I get something on one leg, and I get something that's dynamic with a lunge because there's a lot that you can do with that. So what, what are your three? I like
0: it. Well, I'm also one about opening up, you know, trying to get some thoracic movement. So, I mean, when we're thinking about stretching, I kind of do the same thing. I like to put the, the, um, Foam roller perpendicular to my, you know, to my mm-hmm. shoulder blades, and actually just do some flexion and extension. So just movement over the um, over the actual uh, foam roller, um, and so I can get some mobility. And then I do um, the open books, or like you were talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. um, or you know, where you sit back onto your heels, and you can kind of do a T, T spine movement stretch. So yeah. all of those, um again, I find very beneficial I do them all the time um, especially when I had some neck issues those are certain things that they told me that would be right. super beneficial um I would say that would be first I also like to do uh the single leg squats to row like a cable single leg squats to row so I incorporate some upper body and, and lower body um moving in a contralateral way and I do both sides because I'm left-handed so I'm very very dominant on my left hand my right hand's just here for looks I guess. Um, so when i try to incorporate that for movement it's going to help on a realignment standpoint so i'm very very um i love that one that's probably one of my favorites but then i also like to do like two different ones and i know i asked for three but i like to incorporate the body blade and i don't know oh, if, yeah. you know for those of you guys that don't know what that is but it's like it's basically it's, it's like a back it's like a black blade that has a handle in the middle and you try to move it um you can move it in all three different planes of motion doing different things It's really good for the stabilizers of your shoulders, but you can really start to incorporate it where you're trying to keep it moving while you're doing different patterns. And so there's a lot of things that have to, it's very hard, but there's a lot of things going on. You have to really work your core, you're working your shoulders, and then you're working whatever it is that you're trying to incorporate. So I like to do like reverse lunge with rotation, keeping the body blade in motion. Um, I like to do single leg squats with a D1, D2 pattern, which is just basically, if you think of an X, I'm going one direction of that X and then I switch sides. Um, so it's very good for, you know, both sides of your shoulders. So, you know, your, um, anterior portion, as well as the posterior, um, gosh. And then I like to do like, you know, turning step ups to, to balance, same thing with overhead presses. Like I like to do a lot of more like total body things that incorporate all three planes. So I'm with you. I, I I gotta say we, we're a lot of parallel here but yeah
1: yeah yeah because you have that you know I, I called it a upper spinal twist you called it open book so when it comes to exercises that we might mention on this on this platform you know just know that a lot of times the exercises are are what you already know it's not where we're, we're not throwing anything new at you it's just might be might be called something different so the, what I what I said with the with the upper spinal twist, you do that more from sideline position. So from the open book, if I, if I heard you right, Wendy, you're doing that from a kneeling position. So you're, you're on the floor. You're more of a prone position as you sit your hips onto your heels. So it's the same thoracic motion, the same upper spinal motion. But you've repositioned your body from laying on your side to now facing the ground. Um, which puts a, 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 a very, very different demand on the nervous system as as well as the muscles that you're using. So um, so I guess my point to bring that up is the fact that, hey, rotating or adding that turning component to your workout plan, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a, a library of 100 or 200 exercises. You take one exercise, in this case, you're turning the chest, and you just change the body position and you've got a different exercise. So, um, you know, working from the ground on up, going from slow to fast, again, just going through the neural continuum as far as in gradually and responsibly increasing the demand on your body by changing position, changing resistance, whether it's a three pound dumbbell or a 10 pound dumbbell. um, And just again, giving the body a chance to acclimate to this new demand. And again, even though we're, talking about lunges and step ups that you brought up, Wendy, it is a different demand because you're, you're going in a different direction. And if you haven't done that movement pattern or that gone into that direction, you know, we, you don't know what you're going to get. So it's, it's better to be on the more conservative side, conservative side, as far as, you know, gradually increasing the demand of that motion. Blah, blah, blah. Say that 10 times fast.
0: <laughs> and those of you guys that are just joining us, on Wendy Bats with Ken Miller, and we're talking about burn for the turn. And I, I also wanted to say one of my other favorite exercises that really is very, very difficult. So you really want to work yourself up to it. And it doesn't sound like it would be hard at all, but it would be single leg, and if you're hinged over, so basically almost like you're going to do a single leg Romanian deadlift. It's just you stay in that deadlift position where you're face down um, to the ground, but you know you're maintaining proper alignment, and then you add your arms are out to the side. You add a windmill, so basically you're you're trying to get rotation um, while balancing as well. Um, that's also one of my favorites, but again, very very difficult to do until you work your way up for it. But But all in all, Ken, this has been fun. I love talking. I love talking rotation. (laughs) I can talk rotation all day. So um, I think my key takeaway is really just making sure that, you know, you start incorporating a lot of transverse movements or turning motions in your programming, because it can be super beneficial. If you're just a fitness enthusiast, if you want to play with your kids, if you're wanting to play different sports, this is going to help keep your body healthy you know, keep moving you in different planes because that's life. We move in all different planes. And I just think it's, it's important but often left out because it is a little bit more of a progression. And I don't think that we should take it lightly. I think it should be incorporated at the right time, making sure you have your, your movement dialed, but, but add some of the ones that we just talked about on the stretching side and activation side and see what you think, because it can offer a lot of different, uh, just a lot of really positive things that maybe you haven't been putting into your workout or thought about doing before.
1: Right. And uh, you, you took one of mine uh, as far as the takeaways go. You know, life life is 360. It happens all all around us, up, down, left to right, behind you, in front of you. And we, we have to build up our, our body's ability to navigate that 360 degrees. Um, so I mean, if and if we don't do it, you're only you're only gonna take advantage of a certain aspect of, of what's in, you know, basically it's going to be what's in front of you versus what's on the right and the left and what's behind you. So if you don't train to go right and left and what's behind you, then you're going to be missing out on, on exploring those spaces as well. So Wendy, as always, I took away quite a few and uh, quite quite a few nuggets. Um, But until next time, you know, uh, as a listener, please like, follow, subscribe, and comment if there's anything that you want us to you know, look up and talk about from our perspective as, uh, as uh, fitness professionals and, and practitioners in the field. We'll gladly entertain all topics that you guys throw out at us. But until next time, take care and be well.